This is the Unregulated Podcast by City AM. This week, how to be the James Bond of business. Some of the guys who work for me, their wives don't know what they do, and yet they'll sit down at a black tie dinner with our clients and be like, oh, this one time in a sandy country, I did this and it was terrible. We don't really get to be under stress. We don't really get to have life or death situations or negotiate for human life. Welcome to Unregulated by City AM, where we hear entrepreneurial stories and help you get ahead in your career. This week, we were joined in the studio by Sarah Fazali, the co-founder of Secret Me, which has put everyone from Hollywood stars to chief executives on secret missions to teach them how to be more like James Bond. She talked about what leaders can learn from ex-military types and also told us why sometimes the most important thing is knowing your weaknesses. You learn what you're good at, you learn what you're not good at quite quickly. And if the guy who teaches the Special Forces Unarmed Combat teaches you and you're not picking it up, chances are you're never going to be naturally good at it. As usual, thanks to Huckletree and White City Place for sorting out the studio. So welcome to the podcast. Um... Let's set the scene first. In 10 words or less, tell me what Secret Me is. So Secret Me is a military and espionage training experience which works with private individuals, private families, private friends and businesses to teach them how they react to stress, teach them how they respond in stressful environments, a little bit of corporate training, personal security training, but all bubble-wrapped in this secretive world of espionage and James Bond. I think that's more than 10 words. Sorry. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, tell me more about what it involves, because I've heard about there being helicopters, seduction lessons. I've heard about you hiring a local butcher. Yes. How did you hear that? My Ah. sources. (laughs) Um, So basically, we use rapid fire training techniques where we take people through a two or three day course and teach them a whole range of quite unusual skills from surveillance and poker and seduction to kidnap and hostage negotiation, hostage rescue and how to respond in an active shooter scenario. And the idea is to kind of train you up in all these skills in a short period of time, but creating this kind of sensory and stress overload. So Mm. while you're learning a whole lot of skills, you're also learning how to respond in a stress and actually understanding what that response is, acknowledging it and choosing what you want your response to be. It's all taught by former special forces, counter-terrorism specialists and intelligence officers and the idea is to kind of cause an overload of this new skill set and training to see how much you can learn, how fast you can learn but also learn how to respond to a stress and sensory overload. So you've you've had families, you've had friends, but you also presumably have quite a lot of high-up leaders. Yes. What kind of person from the business side gets involved? We have a lot of CEOs and hedge fund managers. We have Mm. mm, mm, that lot. Um, (laughs) But a lot of kind of people who run their own businesses or manage their own family businesses. Um, And also senior management teams where the CEO of a business might say, actually, I'd like to bring my whole senior management team on this course to learn how to 
respond under stress, to learn how to negotiate better, to learn leadership skills, um, but also how to connect and come together as a team. Do they tend to connect and come together or have you ever had situations where there's just been a huge row? We've never had a huge row yet. Uh, They do tend to connect and come together. I think what's very nice about the course is you learn what you're good at, you learn what you're not good at quite quickly. And if the guy who teaches the Special Forces Unarmed Combat teaches you and you're not picking it up, chances are you're never going to be naturally good at it. So it's also quite humbling and we kind of encourage everyone to have complete candour with themselves more than anything else and kind of learn about, well, this is me, this is what I'm capable of. This is where I might need to bring someone onto my team to help me with this. So you learn, so you kind of learn that you're James Bond, but you also kind of learn which bits of James Bond you're not. James Bond in real life probably wouldn't be just one man. He'd probably be a little team. And this is why, even though when you look at all the skills we teach, it seems quite random, there's actually a good thread that runs between it. So, for example, in poker, what you're learning is how to recognise what your own tells are, how to read someone else's tells, to know when someone's lying, body language. In seduction, we don't teach how to pick up a guy or how to pick up a girl. We teach you how the mind and body connect. So if you walk into a room thinking something, how your body language changes. So there's a lot kind of crossover there between body language. Then take that into surveillance, recognising what someone else's body language is. Is that a threat? Is that not a threat? So there's a lot of lines that kind of run through it. And it's more the kind of underlying skills that we try to bring out as opposed to the individual lesson itself. I mean, do you find that there's quite a lot of people who are just kind of, you know, indulging in serious escapism? Or is it is it more that they want to learn skills? They do to begin with. Um, but a lot of it is because we create such a safe environment for them and they can completely let go, there's no pretenses. Some of the guys who work for me, their wives don't know what they do, and yet they'll sit down at a black tie dinner with our clients and be like, oh, this one time in a sandy country, I did this and it was terrible. <laughs> and there's a lot of trust that goes both ways. We keep their private lives private, they keep our private lives private. Um, so I think having that safe environment encourages people to really explore who they are and what they the different sides of their personalities that maybe they'd feel that in the real world they can't really expose. I mean, you mentioned your trainers there. Where do you get these guys from? A lot of them come from myself and my co-founder Adam's personal backgrounds. So Adam was one of the SAS guys He's in the UK. He's quite a mysterious character in himself. Isn't he, he is quite a mysterious character. He'd love you for saying that. <laughs> um, but he is, and it's all personal connections. It's who do we know and who knows who. So... And have most of them kind of done tours of duty and things like that? They've all done tours of duty. We've got quite a young team. Okay. And do they find it a bit weird that they're having to work with kind of chief executives and... They love it. The mentality is the same. When you run a business and that kind of roguishness you have, the love of risk, the understanding what is good risk, what is bad risk... Every character that an entrepreneur or a CEO has is very similar to the characteristics the Special Forces guys have. So there's a lot of connection that they can build together. Kindred spirits. Yes. Oh, that's lovely. Um, I mean, what do you find? Obviously, I've got visuals here of CEOs running around with AK-47 and things <laughs> like that. Um, what do they say that they get out of it? Gosh, a lot. Um And it depends whether you're talking about during the weekends itself or weekdays or afterwards. So, for example, we had um, this female movie producer 
who is brilliant and incredibly feminine and powerful and fierce and breaks a lot of dualities that you think women would have. But she doesn't like speaking in groups of people. So if she's in a boardroom environment, she'll normally let everyone else speak and she feels like she doesn't have the voice to speak. So partly through the self-defence training we do, a lot of it is also the voice in your eyes, your first form of defence. So how do you use your voice? How do you shout, no, stop, back off, and all this stuff? And we started teaching her how to use her voice. And even from her first meetings, the first word was, well, maybe just say, yes, I agree. And then over time, you slowly start saying, yes, I agree, interesting point. Oh, I like that point. Why don't we use that? And every time, try saying a little bit more, a little bit more. And then she rung us maybe about six months afterwards going, Sarah, this was amazing. I actually led the entire board meeting and everyone listened to everything I had to say. And it was quite exciting. I feel like if I was in a meeting and went, no, stop, back off, everyone would really respect that. You might just say yes to begin with. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's really interesting. What about the men? What, what are they getting out of it? I don't think men and women get different things out of it, to be honest. Um, so learning from your mistakes would be a great thing to have. Everyone makes mistakes, and especially when you're learning new skill sets, you will make mistakes. The question is, can you learn from it and not repeat the same mistakes a second time, especially when you're in that safe environment? Experiencing different situations, we don't really get to be under stress. We don't really get to have life or death situations or negotiate for human life. So it's kind of interesting to put yourself into different environments and see what you learn from it. Complex problem solving. If you've got a group of terrorists from one side coming into your building and you know your team's under threat and you need to move them somewhere, but you know they've got a hostage, what to do? Do you negotiate? Do you try and get your team safe? All these different things come into play. You could. It probably wouldn't make you a fabulous leader, but why not? Is that what the hedge fund managers do? No. (laughs) Um, I mean, have you you ever had, you you mentioned there people recognising their own mistakes. Have you ever had anybody come back and and call you and say, hey, you know, what I really learned is that I've got these weaknesses and I'm really glad that I learned that? Yes, and I think more so than that, it's people call us and say, I used to have gut feelings about it, but now I actually trust my gut feeling when my gut says something and having the kind of confidence to think and actually accept what their response is. So I think the main skill we try and get to to embed in people is how to get comfortable with uncertainty and how to get comfortable with stressful environments, how to turn a feeling of stress into a feeling of satisfaction. I mean, presumably a lot of these guys are in very stressful environments every day. Like a hedge fund or running a company, you're very stressed most of the time. Is this a different kind of stress? It is, but it's also your understanding your response to stress. And I think that's where a lot of people don't really have the time, maybe, to kind of think about, well, what is my response to stress? How do I actually engage with it? It was fantastic when, in one of Will Smith's films, he actually does something very good for everyone, where he does the whole gets down on one knee kind of, fist to his forehead going take a knee just think breathe then act but it's actually very true what you need to do and sometimes it is just taking time to respond and understanding that everyone's allowed a perception it's not about the perception it's about the power of perception so when I first started secret me everyone looked at me I was like 
you're a girl doing this. You're a young woman doing this. You should be a middle-aged man to be doing this. You're <laughs> setting twice. it up in the middle of a recession. What are you doing? You can't set up a luxury business in the middle of a recession. And a whole series of excuses. And I just always turn around and say, thank you very much, but that's your perception of it. And my perception is it's brilliant and it's a great idea and it actually has legs. So... What do you find that people are looking for when they come to you? What do they want to get out of it? And what do they find they end up getting out of it? And are they two different things? That's a lot of questions in one. That's right, I can handle that. (laughs) Stressful situation. Yes. (laughs) So I think what people want to get out of it mostly is to understand themselves better, to understand how they react, who are they? Are they freeze, fight or flight? What does that mean? So I'm a fight character. When I got married, I remember having to turn around to my husband being like, in our discussions, I might fight you, but that's my personality. And I will be like, why? What do you think? Why do you think that's right? But it's not my intention to actually be confrontational. Same as if I'm talking to someone who might be a freeze person, they might need time to stop and think and consider what I've said before actually responding to it. Whereas I'm used to just responding to questions fast, fast paced, rapid fire. But recognising that just because someone's not speaking, it doesn't mean they're not interested. It could just be that that's their way of processing it. So it's recognising who you are, what your behaviour is, what your response is, how you adapt, how you stay dynamic, how you think. But also recognising what other people's language is. And sometimes we don't come across people with very different personalities that often. So it's understanding, well, why are they thinking like that? What is their response behind it? And keeping empathy with them. So it sounds like a lot of the skills that you're learning are kind of, I hate hesitate to use a term, but soft skills. They're all soft skills, but just in this beautiful bubble wrap of Jason Bourne, <laughs> James Bond, Charlie's Angels, whatever else I think we've been called. But the, media, the military side and the espionage side keeps it exciting and also gives it that element of you can't really test people at their limits without being in that environment. It's very difficult to find activities that really test your limits. So it's a brilliant kind of tool to actually let us do that. Um, I want to talk about your background, because you did a PhD in war studies, which is how I assume this all came about. I'm still doing a PhD in war studies. Um, I got dared to do it by one of the generals and loved the topic, so started it. But unfortunately, I'm not an academic and it hasn't really been the priority in my life to finish. <laughs> it actually mostly started when I started work with the UN in Africa, mostly. And when you're in war zones or in dangerous environments, you learn to be very honest about yourself and kind of what you're capable of, what you're not capable of. If you say you're going to deliver something and you can't, then things actually have serious repercussions as opposed to a deadline gets extended by a week. Sounds like journalism. It sounds like most of kind of normal life. <laughs> Um, so you become very comfortable with guys I can do this but we need to bring someone else to do this and I started meeting a lot of the military guys on the ground and they have a very similar mentality and mindset to myself very honest very kind of what you see is what you get I met Adam through all that the more I kind of got involved with the military the more the skills they taught are fascinating and exciting and there's actually legs to getting civilians to try this So we had access with Adam as well and our instructors to a world that civilians don't normally get to see. And the idea of trying to teach psychological skills through this sexy kind of mechanism just wasn't one I could turn down. 
So tell me about the kind of stories that you hear from your trainers, because it must be weird for them to be in a war zone one day and then they're working with kind of luxury, high-end people. They love it. They love their champagne and their martinis (laughs) and playing James Bond. They like shocking clients sometimes with their stories. So you always hear kind of the the good ones, I think. But whether it's in surveillance and we're talking about how do you respond to a dynamic situation and two of my surveillance guys always kind of recount the story of this one time they're sat in the back of a white man's van and doing surveillance on a building. Halfway through, the sun's beaming, shining. They start stripping down to items of clothing, trying to stay cool inside the back of the van and ends up sitting there in their kind of wife front boxes. Nice. So they're sat there in their boxes, sweating. And one of them turns around to the other and goes, what do we do if we actually need to get out of the vehicle and respond to something that happens? Do we actually just get out in our boxes? How would the public react to that? So it's always quite funny when they have that. Or another time when... If especially, so especially when you're doing surveillance, you need to learn to adapt to any environments you're mm-hmm. in. So if the person you're following walks into a sex toy shop, you need to go in there and act like you completely belong. Or if you go into uh, the lobby of a five-star hotel, you need to act like you belong, which is great for the first 10 minutes, 15 minutes you're there. <laughs> After you've been sat downstairs for two hours and the concierge is looking at you going, why do you belong here? <laughs> One of the well, the situation happened to one of our guys and the concierge came across going, sorry, sir, can I help you? He's like, oh, no, I'm just waiting for my boyfriend to come. So it's kind of knowing what to say, knowing how to respond. That's kind of being quick on your feet to think. Did the concierge leave him alone? The concierge left him alone. Fantastic. <laughs> um, actually, you know, one thing I haven't asked is how much will one of these courses set me back? It ranges from about 10000 to £15,000 per person for a weekend. Okay, and I show up on your doorstep and say, hey, I'm ready. What's the first thing that you guys do? You show up at the heliport, you mean? Uh, We'll fly you to our private castle or stately home. And then it's just, it depends on what parts of the course you wanted. So some people sit there and go, I want to do more of the evasive driving and the active shooter things and things that will make me feel this, that or the other. And we cater each course for them. So normally I'll sit down with a client and be like, What's your end objective? What do you actually want to take away? What's your takeaways from this weekend? And then we kind of work back from there. So it might be, I want my team to work together as a better team or leadership, or I want to know how I'd react in stressful environments. Or even things like we had, we've had clients who have been kidnapped or mugged in their past, and they wanted a better understanding of why they reacted the way they did or why things happened to them. That's really interesting. Yes. So have they come have they come and said, you know, I want to react better next time? No, they more want to just understand why certain things happen to them. So even things like why would a negotiator keep trying to get you to say the word yes? Why do they keep trying to get you to pe- yes, yes, yes? Um Why is that? Positive attitude, positive mentalities, trying to build rapport with someone. If you say yes to a lot of questions, it means you're agreeing with me. A whole different set of reasons. But we kind of delve into each of these deeper as we kind of go along. Okay, interesting. And what about, so, you know, our listeners at home who don't have a spare 10 grand kicking around, what would you say they need to start applying to their businesses? What skills could they learn that could help them at work? Resilience. Resilience is probably the main one I'd think of. And how would you teach people that? Practice. 
practice and training essentially comes down to everything. And whether it's practicing changing your mindset, so saying to yourself, I am strong, I am courageous, I am disciplined, and then working with that mindset to affect your behavior, that could be one way of doing it. It could be putting together processes that you actually go through each time. So for example, every time I walk down a street or down a, into a building, I'm always aware of what's going on around me learning to trust my gut, feeling if something feels wrong and you shouldn't be walking down the street, you're probably right, you shouldn't be walking down that street. So it's starting to kind of really look at your life from a bigger picture environment. Get comfortable with the uncomfortable. Okay. I think. Put yourself out of your comfort zone, see how you react. Start getting... So the, the special forces have something they call stress inoculation, where they expose themselves to small increasing amounts of stress over time, and they're still expected to perform at their top levels each in each thing. Interesting. But by the time they heat super stress, their body knows what its reaction to stress is. And it's the same thing with all of us. It's get comfortable with being uncomfortable. The so first time you do, do a that? skydive, you might be completely nervous the hundredth time you've done it. Woohoo, jump out the plane. <laughs> so I guess it's up to whoever you're speaking to as to what stresses them out the most. So some people don't want to leave their house. Yeah, and it could be not wanting to leave your house. It could be public speaking. It could be walking down the street in the same flow as everyone else, walking down the street in light of everything that's happened recently. Okay, interesting. Sarah, I think this has been very educational. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. That's all for this week. But if you like the podcast, please like and subscribe on iTunes, Audio Boom, Spotify, or wherever it is that you listen. And if you really like it, please give us a review. You can also find us on Twitter at UnregulatorPod. Give us a follow and tell us which secret agent skill you want to learn. But thanks to Kat, who was producing this week, and Huckletree and White City Place, this has been the Unregulated Podcast.